0: Genesis chapter 6 verse 1, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them too, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives whomsoever they choose. Now this could be referring to angels having sex with with human women, it could also be referring simply to men, human men having sex with human women, because the Bible calls humans sons of God. And it also calls angels sons of God. So we're not really sure what they're talking about. But if it was angels, then I believe it was fallen angels who did not have their redeemed, holy, you know, pure bodies. Because as Jesus said in the New Testament, angels do not have marriage they don't have sex in their eternal form they're a, it's a holy body and they they don't have they don't have marriage and when we go to heaven we won't have marriage either so basically we won't have sexual organs anymore we'll be these beautiful perfect happy beings that don't have to reproduce and therefore I don't think we're going to have sexual organs. I don't think the angels in heaven now have sexual organs. These could have been the fallen angels who never got those beautiful redeemed bodies. And perhaps before, you know, the angels may have their own salvation story that has nothing to do with the Bible. It was before our time, and the Bible is our salvation story. So in their salvation story, they may have reproduced and multiplied at some point before they either accepted or rejected Jesus and then the ones who rejected Jesus never got their eternal purified holy bodies so maybe they were actually able to mate with humans which as we learned in previous chapters is a, is against God's will because he doesn't like species to intermingle and mate different species so for an angel to mate with a human would not be God's will so anyway that could have been what was happening. Verse 3, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for that he also is flesh. Therefore shall his days be a 120 years. Now up to this point, you know that people were living multiple hundreds of years. Methuselah is, he's 869 at this point, and he died when he was 969 years old. But now God is saying mankind is so evil that I'm going to actually have them die sooner. I'm not going to let them live this long because they do too much evil so that their life needs to be cut short so that they can't do so much damage. And that doesn't mean that everybody would instantly die because they were over 120 because Noah was already 500. He's 500 years old in this chapter. Um, He didn't drop dead because God made that decision. So basically, everybody, the people who were already alive were grandfathered in, is what I'm trying to say. They could still live as long as they were supposed to live. Verse 4, the Nephilim were in the earth in those days, and and also after that, When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bore children to them, the same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. So this does really seem to be saying that fallen angels are having sex with women because it says that they're making these giant, like superhuman men, like um, superheroes. So this could explain the ancient Greek myths where the so-called gods were like the superheroes that had superpowers. It could be where some of that myth came from because the the angels were mating with people. So this is completely against God's will. And some of these some of these giant men were called Nephilim. So that name will come up a lot in the Old Testament and it also says after that time, meaning even after the flood, the Nephilim were still being born. So even after the flood, the fallen angels were continuing to mate with women, which is really gross. Verse 5, And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And this is basically how the world is today. Remember Jesus said, as in the times of Noah, so will it be when the Son of Man comes, when he returns a second time. We we have the same evil way today that noah had back then people are just constantly fornicating there's terrible violence terrible language people lie they tell lies all the time at work to the government to their family members it's just a really evil world that we live in people take advantage of each other and all kinds of horrible things verse 6 and it repented the lord that he had made man on earth and it grieved him at his heart so Whenever we talk about repentance in the Bible relating to humans, it means that we have sinned and we need to turn away from our sin. But there's a lot of times, especially in the Old Testament, where it says that God repented. And it isn't because God sinned, but repentance in its core meaning simply means stop doing what you're doing. So God decided to stop blessing man and keeping him alive on earth because man was so corrupted and so evil. Man had gotten to such an evil point that God decided to destroy them. And that's what's going to happen in the end of time when Jesus returns. It will be the great and terrible day of the Lord. And again, the world will be so evil by that time that God will actually destroy evil people. And we're very, very close to that day right now. 7. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. It's interesting that God isn't going to kill all the animals that live in the water. He's only going to kill the animals on land and the people. But I have noticed that the animals in the water are covered up so it's it's kind of like their shame is covered because the waters cover them. And perhaps they didn't have the same degree of violence that we have on land. I don't know. But it is interesting that they're covered from God's eyes to some extent. And maybe that's why God wasn't quite as distir- upset about them. Seven, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Nine, and these are the generations of Noah. Now remember, Noah is the grandson of Le- of Methuselah. He's the son of Lamech, and Lamech is still alive, and Methuselah is still alive. And Methuselah's name means, when he dies, the end will come. And we're going to see in the next chapter 7, that indeed, Methuselah dies when the flood comes. <laughs> he doesn't die from the flood, he, dri- he dies right before the flood. So these are the generations of Noah. Noah was in his generations a righteous man, a, a wholehearted Noah walked with God. So he walked with God just like Enoch, but he had a different mission in life. Enoch's mission was to just be God's best friend and then go up to heaven without dying. But Noah had a mission to save his family from the wrath to come. Ten and Noah begot three sons: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And it's very interesting that the Bible doesn't tell us which one was oldest. It makes us think that Shem is the oldest, but we'll find out later that Shem is most likely the middle son. However, Shem is the son from which Jesus becomes a descendant on Earth. Shem is, the, and it's he is also the son from which Abraham becomes a descendant. 11, and the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So not only all the humans, but all the animals are killing each other too, which is what we still see today. And that could be partly because it was easier to kill and eat than it was to grow crops. Because remember, God had cursed the ground so that people would have to work really hard to grow crops. And a lot of people are lazy, so they thought, oh, I'll just go kill kill an animal and eat. But I'm not saying that it's a sin to eat flesh, because after the flood, God gives us permission to eat, to eat meat. 12. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now this shows you how much God hates violence. He absolutely hates violence. Remember in the New Testament, Jesus said when somebody hits you, you should turn the other cheek. Don't hit them back. Don't defend yourself. And Jesus never defended himself when he was being persecuted and murdered and tortured. So God really does hate violence. A lot of people claim that God loves violence because he told the Israelites to get go to war. But you'll realize when we start reading more of the Old Testament, that the Israelites only went to war against people who were more violent than they were. All of the tribes and nations that the Israelites fought against, all of them were sacrificing their own children to Moloch. They were burning their children alive to the god Moloch and the god Baal. Plus, they were ripping pregnant women up so that the woman and the child would die. They were doing all kinds of horrific, disgusting things. They were raping animals. I mean, they were doing everything vile that you can think of. They had prosti- temple prostitutes. Um, so basically, they were using people insect sex trafficking in the name of religion. God really does hate violence. 14. Make thee the, an ark of gopher wood. With rooms thou shalt make the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. So the pitch that he would use would be so sticky. It would be like super glue, and it would hold the ark together. I don't know if they used nails or not, or if they just kind of made the wood go into the other pieces of wood. Gopher wood is an ancient wood that I'm not sure if we still have it today. Um, But evidently it's a really good wood for boats. 15. And this is how thou shalt make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. The breadth of it, 50 cubits. And the height of it, 30 cubits. Now that equals in um, feet, it would have been 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. So 45 feet high is approximately four or five stories high. And then 75 feet wide is like... Is like seven car lanes on the freeway, so it was really it it was really big. But the Titanic is about twice that size, so it was not. It was about half the size of the the Titanic, but it was a big boat. Sixteen. A light shalt thou make to the ark, and to a cubit shalt thou finish it upward. And what this is talking about is. On the top of the arc was a very long, 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 long window that went the length of the arc. And the slot of the window was a cubit wide. And the slot, the window, it was slotted on on the, um, uh, what's it called, starboard and the other side, I can't remember what they're called. But anyway, the left and the right side of the ship. And then it had a top to it so that all the so that water wouldn't go all all the way in there, but the light could come in from both sides and and with the way they structured the wood on the inside, it would bounce off the walls for really far and make loads and loads of, of light inside the ark and then I'm sure they had artificial light as well. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second and third stories thou shalt make it. So this is a three-story boat. It has a window that goes the whole length of the arc on the top that has two open, has an opening, one on each side of the arc, and has a covering on the very top. And the door is on the side, probably in the upper middle area, because you wouldn't put a door at the bottom of a boat, you would put a door up high. Um, 17, and behold, and I behold, I do bring the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. Every living thing that is in the earth shall perish. However, when it says earth here, it means land. Everything on the land shall perish. Obviously, most of the fish are going to survive this because it's going to be in the water and they're just going to have more water to swim in. 18, but I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, and thy wife, and thy sons' wives, with thee. So he had three sons, he had his own wife, and each of his sons had a wife, but he didn't have any grandchildren yet. So this is eight people total, Noah and his wife, Shem, Ham, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, eight. So eight people were in the ark, and it's the very first time in the bible that god ever makes a covenant and the covenant he's making is that he will save noah's family from the flood it will be the only family on earth to get saved now i want you to note something later on in um, the old testament we will hear the story of jericho well actually first First, we're going to read about the story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. And when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and the, and the whole circuit cities, which were actually seven cities altogether, including Sodom and Gomorrah, when he rained fire and brimstone down on those cities, only one family was saved. It was Lot's family. It was him, his wife, and his two girls, four people because their fiancés didn't want to go with Lot, so the fiancés of his daughters died, but his daughters and his, and then his wife died because she disobeyed God and turned and looked back. So in the end, only, only Lot and his two girls were saved. So in that case, when Sodom and Gomorrah got hit, the angels took Lot up into the mountain to be saved from God's wrath over the cities. Here, with Noah's Ark, God is going to take Noah up in a boat and the boat will rise above the waters so that Noah can escape destruction. His only family, just like Lot, is the only family that escaped destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Then later on in the Old Testament, you're going to read about Jericho and how it fell and how only one family survived. It was Rahab and her extended family they were they were taken up by the israelites up over the wall and out of the city and the city was destroyed so you will see three times in the bible where one family is saved from destruction and it's taken up and out and away then in the new testament jesus says that when he returns he's going to come for his bride and he's she's going to go up into the sky and meet him in the clouds and she will be taken away when the earth gets destroyed Noah's ark is a picture of Jesus redeeming his bride from the from the earth saving her from the earth before the great and terrible day of the Lord when the enemies of God are destroyed okay so um let's see 19 and of every living thing of all flesh two of every sort thou shalt bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, and obviously that's for reproduction. Now we're going to read in the next chapter that it was two of certain kinds of um, animals and seven pair of other kinds, but we'll read about that in the next chapter. It gets more detailed. 20. Of the fowl after their kind, and of the cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. Now, I want to talk about the last two verses real quick. Most likely, when God took the male and female of each kind of animal, He took young animals and not grown adults because young animals would make a lot less weight on the ark, and they would take up a lot less space. So, for instance, he didn't take a female bear and a and a male bear full grown. He probably took a female cub. And a male cub because they're easier to manage, easier to feed, easier to clean up after. They don't need as much space and they're not as heavy. He probably didn't take full grown male and female elephants. He probably took baby elephants. And he probably did that with a lot of the animals, including tigers, lions, everything, because it means. Less food, less weight, less trouble. You can even cuddle with these animals. You could carry them if, you know, you could play with them. You could put them on a leash and walk them up and down the deck, you know, to get exercise. Um, Less poop, less trouble. Everything was less trouble if you took babies. So probably a lot of these animals went in the ark as babies, but they were there for six months, so they may have come out as adults. (laughs) So their cages may have had to been bigger than what babies would require, but it made it easy to get them on and easy to take care of them and easier to take care of them and kind of tame them a little bit on the ark. And also, they only needed one species. They didn't need every type of variety of a species. For instance, they only needed a male and female puppy wolves. They didn't need dotsons and all the other dogs because from wolves, wolves have the DNA of all dogs. So, all they needed was a male and female puppy wolf, one each. So It was real simple, and from that, we get every dog there is today twenty one and take that one to thee of all food that is eaten, and gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them so he's he's telling them he's telling Noah to prepare food as well. so Noah had to have a lot of gra- a lot of um hay and a lot of all kinds of other things for the animals to eat. And some of the animals may have provided food for other animals, like, for instance, the chickens, their eggs could have helped feed the humans, and other animals who needed eggs to survive, different things like that. The milk from the cows could have also fed humans and other animals. And dogs, believe it or not, like eating poop, so the dogs might have enjoyed eating the bear poop. Um, There also could have been some little gardening area in the ark that was up near the light that they could have harvested herbs or whatever they needed uh, for the people or some of the animals. Now, Noah was 500 when God told him to do this, and he was 600 when the flood came. So that's a whole hundred years to do scientific experiments, to do designing, planning, to do, um, you know, make your little models and see if they work. (laughs) He had all the time in the world to figure this out, how to do it right, and how to make it work. And I think they would have needed a concrete pool to put the... And you can make concrete out of primitive materials. It's not hard at all. Um, But they would have needed a little concrete pool for lizards and the ducks and the geese. Anything that likes water. Frogs would have needed a little pool to wade in and... um, you know, all this kind of stuff can be figured out in a hundred years' time, <laughs> pretty easily. Also, they they didn't need cages for tarantulas, because all you have to do is let the tarantula stay in the corner the whole time, under a you know under some hay it would be perfectly happy. It doesn't need a cage. (laughs) So they didn't have to cage all the snakes and all the spiders and all the lizards. A lot of these creatures, including the rats and mice, could just go wherever they wanted. And a a lot of these little creatures like the spiders would just hang out in corners anyway. And they wouldn't really need to walk around the whole ark. And they wouldn't need to be in a cage either. They could just go hide in a dark corner, stay there. Six months later, crawl out. <laughs> so it really wasn't that as complicated as people try to make it seem. And the gopher wood, if Noah didn't have a, go- a forest, a gopher wood handy, he had 50 years to grow one. Because remember, it's 100 years that he had to build this ark i don't think noah started building on day one i think he probably spent the first 50 years growing the gopher wood forest while he was sketching out plans and designs and doing experiments to see what would work and what wouldn't work and then during sometime during the last 50 years was when he started harvesting the wood and getting it getting things in order and coming up with his plan and starting to build actually build the ark um i don't think the building started right away because that would be silly so anyway um 22 thus noah according to all that god commanded him so did he okay so go so noah followed his commands perfectly. And you know, that's how Noah lived his whole his whole life. That's why he was a righteous man. That's why he found grace with God. He always obeyed the Lord. <laughs> and so that's why he had a close relationship with God, and that's what you and I need to remember. Just obey the Lord. Do what we're told. We get we get grace and favor from him. It saves our our lives spiritually and We can enjoy being his friend if we obey him. But if we don't obey him, we'll never really be his friend. And that concludes chapter 6 of Genesis.